if the Carla Homolka story, which we talked about last hour, was the biggest story of the week, probably one of the ones that has been the biggest of the last month or so that's been ongoing has been this story about what's happened in Attawapiskat, the Native Reserve up north with all these attempted suicides, which has now led to uh, a lot of attention being paid to this issue, rightly so, and a lot of um, politicians suggesting different things to try and resolve this problem. But seemingly, the biggest response being, we need to spend more money to solve this problem. We need to put more money into this to make this happen to make this thing better, to make everybody have a good shot at life. And Jay, the problem I have when I listen to this story over and over and over is this is a truly tragic story about all these kids who are trying to commit suicide. There's nobody poo-pooing the underlying problems that exist here. But over the last 30, 40, 50 years, maybe in Canada, we have spent, the Canadian government with our tax dollars has spent hundreds of billions of dollars towards the indigenous peoples of this country. And what I don't get is it hasn't worked so far. The money seemingly has done very little so far. Why do we suddenly think that throwing a few more billion at it now is actually going to solve the problem? I don't see how that does anything. I really don't. And it's unfortunate. Well, yeah, I mean, I think if if anybody had the answer to it, I think they would, um, you know, they either would have solved it by now or they would, you know, be trying to implement something. But I think maybe the only thing that they can do that, uh, you know, will look like it's uh, a positive move and uh, some sort of a step in the right direction is is to uh, to put more money. Uh, so it's a political thing. Uh, Honestly? Yeah. It, yeah, because I, I think, again, if they knew what the fix was, you know, and if there was a long-term solution, then, you know, it would have been implemented or implemented. But But the problem is, the problem is you've got native band councils that are independent, that are sovereign nations, and they accept the money. It clearly has not had the effect that it is intended to have, Mm -hmm. but there is no chance, there is zero chance that those band councils are going to say to the government, we're going to accept your oversight, that you're going to let us, we're going to let you come in and do the building, do the construction, make the changes. That's never going to happen. And so what we do, Terry, seemingly, is just pour billions more dollars in with no sense. And you've done this. You've been to these reserves. You did a story a while ago and went up to one of these and... It, it, it's I I just can't see that just dumping more money into this solves anything. I, I don't I don't think what's needed is necessarily oversight in terms of the government going in and and choosing contractors or building, you know, houses or or managing water, you know, things like that. I but I do I don't think it's asking too much for band councils to provide some sort of record of how money's being spent. And I think that's one of the biggest problems at a lot of these reserves is where's the money going? And you see it, you see it everywhere. I mean, it's, it's in certain areas been a problem at Six Nations as well. I mean, it's, it happens here. It happens up north. The trouble up north is it's so much more, you know, remote, right? Separated. I mean, it's, separated from anything. Yeah. 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 Um, and it's, so that, that's one problem. Right? But and if you're a sovereign nation that is striving, and I, I listen, I understand. I don't understand. I can't say I understand. I'm not native, but I get the idea that we want to be sovereign. We don't want to be beholden. We're, we were here first. We don't want the Canadian government telling us how to do our business. And so if we give you all of our receipts and records and everything, we're basically bowing down to you. So I see why they don't want to do it. 
but you're right. Where's the, where is the evidence that billions and billions and billions of dollars have made things better? I, there, there isn't any, no. right? And, and I, it needs to get better because this, I mean, the circumstances at these reserves are, are absolutely dire. And Where some did of you it, go? Where did you go for work? You were covering something. We were something. at uh, Big Trout Lake. Okay. Um, and we were also at a reserve uh, just outside of, of Kenora. Um, and it was a, a story that Steve Bust and I were working on about maternal health care. Um, and uh, part of that was money. But, um, and, I mean, the conditions there, you see, you know, you see maybe 10 people living in a tiny bungalow. Um, but you also on these, like, very, very isolated reserves where there's sort of only one road in and one road out. And you can really only get to it in the winter when there are ice roads. I mean... There are super expensive pickup trucks. There are, you know, things like that. But it's also, you know, food costs a fortune. Gas costs a fortune. Because it has to get there. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because everything has to get there, Um, which is, that's, I mean, sort of peripheral to this issue, which is... But is it? Because, I mean, former Prime Minister Kretchen, when he was back as the Indian Affairs Minister, said what they need to do is move to where the people are. These native people who are way, way, way... not. If you're so far separated that the costs are enormous that we can't give you services that we can't get doctors and social workers and everyone to go up there you need to come here oh that's still a problem here so a a better example uh, two or three years ago i wrote a story about i did an investigation into um drinking water at six nations which is right here i mean it is almost as urban a reserve sort of as as you can get in this country um and an astounding proportion of homes on the reserve aren't on water lines and don't have clean drinking water. And part of the issue there is is who's responsible. Yeah, right. Why? So why who, is that? And, and why, why is who's responsible no, well, a problem? Uh, why, no, yeah. is, why are there no drinking? So you're right. Who's responsible? Is it the Canadian government that is responsible Money, to hook up yeah. the drinking lines? Or has the band council said, this is our land, Canadian government stay off, we'll look after it, but haven't? Well, and you mm-hmm. see issues like, you know, you get federal and provincial money to build a new water treatment plant that doesn't go anywhere because there are no water lines. So because the band council is responsible for, for paying for those. And, but no one will take responsibility when you have all of these different governments attempting to work together on these issues. And I suspect it's, it's probably a similar situation the further north that you go. Um, oh, I'm sure Where, you know, maybe the money is legitimately going to spend something, spend, it's being spent on something effective that will help these problems, but maybe you're missing that intermediary step. So, you know, at Six Nations, there's this great water plant, but it can't, it can't, it doesn't go anywhere. Jay, I'm with you though in a lot of this, because I do think that what our government, what government level, all levels of government right now are doing is it's a political hot potato. It's a political embarrassment. So what's the quickest way that we can show that we're going to solve this? Money. Money. We'll throw more money. And there doesn't, maybe there will be a plan. I hope there's going to be a plan. And more than that, I hope there will be some sort of negotiation that would say, listen, we're not going to overthrow you as a sovereign peoples, but we would like to, if we're going to do this, we want to be involved to help you actually do this properly and not just hand you a bucket of money and say, there you go. Yeah, maybe we could say, look, we've got there's uh, best practices for, uh, you know, we've we've made great strides in in uh, in mental health and certain things like that, and you know what I mean, and, and not we're not coming in and uh, and pushing you 
you know, pushing you to the side and saying we're running the show, but there has to be uh, an agreement in place where everybody works together because clearly uh, the way it's been is not is not working out. Terry, what would happen if the government said that? That we will give you more money mm-hmm. on the condition that we can oversee it to some degree. We can either the development or the application or something. And if the band council, if the band leader said no, then you said, well, then there's no money. How how would that play? Yeah, I, I don't I don't think band councils would would be in favor of it. And I and I, not completely without reason, right? Because in some cases, you know, the federal government or the provincial government makes decisions about the money that it, it doesn't it just doesn't work, right? So you know, you solve one problem, but you create ten others. So I think there is there's a massive lack of trust there. Yes, that much is clear. Um, and. And there's no no quick solution to this. There's no quick solution. So no. throwing a couple billion dollars at it in the next six months doesn't solve anything. This is decades that it will take to yeah. try and mm-hmm. fix this, right? I mean, am I wrong or is that to, to actually deal with the infrastructure things? Oh, for and sure. The, yeah. this, this is not a six-month project and just another couple billion dollars will make everybody feel better. Yeah, but that, that being said, they, they do have to figure out some way to work together, right? I mm-hmm. mean, and I... It, it has to be in a way that the government shows that they trust what the First Nation is doing. Um, but there also has to be, you know, some sort of accountability, right? Yep. When you're talking about vast, vast sums of public money. Well, that's right. Because you know what? I think a lot of people right now, a lot of people across Canada are open to the idea of some extra tax dollars going to this. But I don't think that Canadians as a whole are open to just a bottomless pit of tax dollars going to this problem. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially when you see reports coming out of there saying, you know, 80% of the money they've had over the last, I don't know how years, has gone sort of unaccounted for. There's no record of how it's been spent. Yeah. Now, people, I, I really believe that Canadians are compassionate enough that they would say, I'll spend more money. We can give some of our tax dollars, more of our tax dollars to go there, but they want to see something for it. They want to see results, right? They want to see something for it. Yep. They want to see something for it, not just on the reserves either. We have tax dollars being spent like crazy in this city. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we see something for it, but that's a whole other topic for another day. Quick break. Back after this on the Scott Radley Show. 911. 911. What's your emergency? Ah, I'm on a cruise ship. Ah, there was an explosion. Oh, my God. The ship is sinking. I can't get out. There's water everywhere. We're going down. I've got a lock on your location. Stay with me. Hurry. Hurry. Hello? Are you there? Help is on the way. Angela Bassett and Peter Krause return in an all-new season of 911 on a new night. Thursday, March 14th on Global. Stream on Stack TV.